Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Delta Tech podcast and in this episode we have Raghav. Hi Raghav. Got it, yeah. How are you doing? Mm, I've I've been better. My voice is a little uh, <laughs> Yeah. Little I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for taking out the time for doing this. Um I'm sure it's going to help all of our viewers. Um so yes before we get started can you just give us a quick introduction about yourself which university you go to what you're majoring in and just just your quick bio all right so hi everyone i'm raghav mutukumar uh i studied in national public school in dhanagar i'm currently at brown university i'm in my second semester uh i'm planning on concentrating in cs econ and maybe applied math and um, yeah it's going good Okay, so what got you into CS and econ? Oh, so that's a very tough question, right? Um, for the longest time, uh, I didn't spend a lot of um, my free time thinking about what I wanted to major in. I think if you ask all my friends and my family, I was incredibly confused. Uh, for for a minute, I wanted to do law. Then uh, I wanted to do econ. Then um, I decided I didn't want to do either, and for a bit i was considering um not applying to the us and staying back in india and uh, it was it was very confusing and i i think that's one of the things with the indian education system it doesn't really ask you to think too much about what you want to study in college right i think uh, our predefined paths and based on what student you are or your caliber mm-hmm. sort of encourage one path over the other uh i think two people really helped me uh see the potential in cs i think one was um uh, one of my mentors her name is geeta uh and she 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 played a huge role in me getting into brown and uh she and her husband uh they sort of like introduced me to a lot of people in the industry showed like made me aware of like the various companies doing really cool things in the industry mm-hmm. and like the potential cs has yeah and the other person was of course my dad who's a computer science engineer and um i think to do anything now you need to be technological like you can't be building you know brick and mortar businesses you need to be technological you need to understand technology and yeah. i think that was the biggest factor in me deciding that i want to pursue cs so i get some technical knowledge what about econ econ is just the side thing you know um mm-hmm. all all my friends were, it's actually you know what it's it's going to sound really funny but One of the main reasons I wanted to study econ was FOMO. Uh, almost all of my friends in, uh, like close friends in high school, they were all econ majors, mm-hmm. and they would talk about stuff, and I wouldn't really get it. And um, yeah, and I, I, at a, at a point in time, I really wanted to get into the financial industry, and I, I'm still not sure about that, so I don't want to close any doors. Mm-hmm. So I'm still majoring in econ. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm also. But my econ professor at Brown. He's a tough guy. <laughs> He sets the toughest papers. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Yeah. Econ something that's fascinated me as well because I've taken um Econ HL and IB and like it's I didn't do Econ before and I was like it's a pretty cool subject so it might be something that I might maybe minor in or double major in. So yeah. So how did you find the application process when you were applying? right so um i think uh, very early on i sort of knew that i am going to be applying to us uh, and that's not something that many students in india like are like 
know whether they're applying or not. Right. They either get uh, introduced to the process like towards the end of 11th or hmm. some start because they feel like they're missing out in early 12th grade. I think I knew as early as like eighth grade that I'll be applying abroad. Uh, my dad said that he, he wants me to come here and my mom did too. And I think it was something that was just taken for like as a fact. So I started uh, towards the end of 10th. I actually visited a couple of colleges just before I entered ninth grade. Mm -hmm. I spoke with a couple of people in, in colleges across this country and like what, what they did, you know, what were some of the things these colleges were looking for. So I sort of knew, uh, I sort of knew what these colleges were looking for, but I really started working um, towards getting into these colleges and, you know, building my portfolio towards mm -hmm. the end of 10th grade. Um, and it was a tough process. I mean, uh, it's it's very hard to get access to the right right information. Um, like many of the times, kids try their best, but they simply don't know what to do. Exactly. Like that's yeah. that's that's really unfortunate, right? Because you're playing a game, but you don't know the rules. Mm. And um, I think uh, there were a couple of tools that I employed that really helped me. I, I like I said, one of my mentors, Gita. She really helped me throughout the process. I had a lot of friends who were, you know, doing this process along with me. Uh, I also went for Revisor. Mm -hmm. uh, it was this great community which helped me a lot. Um, yeah, it, it was tough because you don't know. And there are right. so many things and I still don't know so many. Like, yeah. I, I don't think anyone really knows. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it's very subjective. Um, as to who is reading our application because maybe on one day a reader likes your application but maybe another reader doesn't so because there's no one size fits all that is true but um, there are definitely certain things you can do to improve your mm -hmm. chances like you create your own luck if that makes sense so that brings me to my next question what were some of the extracurricular activities that you pursued when you were in high school right so um, I, I actually so a lot of kids right I feel they start doing things for the sake of college and uh, colleges know very easily colleges know, right? Uh, I was sort of always involved in extracurriculars even before, like I, I knew I was going right. to here. And I think that was something that really helped me. I was like actively participating in various things in my school. I was always outside. I was actually never in class. The last two years of school, uh, mm -hmm. I was never in class. Uh, I think one of the main things that I did and really helped me was the fact that I was uh, my school prefect, like the head of the student body. Yeah. So I was uh, the vice sort of prefect in 11th grade and I was the prefect of the school in 12th grade. So because of that, you know, um, I, I was always outside class doing stuff here and there, like running errands, organizing stuff, mm -hmm. you know, um, doing work for teachers, making announcements. So um, that, that took up a bit of my time and that was probably the main thing that I did. Uh, I've also been playing uh, football for uh, since I would say about seven years. So almost like seven, eight years now. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I really enjoyed doing. Uh, I'm, I'm a photographer. So I, I do a lot of wildlife photography. And um, that's something that I'm deeply passionate about. And that was one of the reasons, like, I think the reader of my application really liked me. She saw that I was passionate about something that not many people do. And it was like a sort of niche part of photography, like just specifically wildlife photography. Like I, I, I think so. I, I'm going to just jump around from here to there. 
as ideas come to my head. Yeah. But um, I think that's one thing that people tend to forget. I think the more niche you can be in what you like doing, uh, the more the chances are that the reader of your application likes you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're really into this particular niche, it shows that like you like d- dealt with the sub like extracurricular subject as a whole, and then you found your own calling in this one particular niche, and it shows that you've put in the time, effort, and you're technical enough to just find your s- section within that. So I, I did a lot of wildlife photography. Uh, I did a bit of theater. My friend, so my friend was, is this really amazing debater. And because of him, I did a bit of debate as well. So I think what, what I realized early on was I, I have a lot of things that I could talk about because I did do a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I chose not to talk about certain things because I didn't want to spread myself too thin. And I think that's another thing that people don't realize. They try to talk about everything that they've done, but uh, it's not just me. It's something that I've spoken to a lot of my friends here at Brown as well. Um, what's equally important is what you actually don't put on your application. Yeah, that's have done something that doesn't mean they need to know you've done it because sometimes you talking about certain things can do you more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke about things that I really did and I wanted them to know that I did because it would create my own luck. Hmm. Wait, also I'm hearing an echo. Oh, really? Wait, hold on. I think it's gone. Um, Yeah. So I think that's also very valuable advice and you're the first person to say that up until now. Um, So I feel like a lot of people just put everything and anything on their application just because they think that even if it's not something that they seriously did it, it they just did it for the sake of doing it, they put it. And I think that actually does you harm because these admissions officers, they read so many applications every single year. So they know when something's genuine and when something is just done for the sake of college applications. So yeah, that's why. Other thing that I wanted to talk about, right? Uh, like whatever you do, like any extracurricular, any subject, uh, you could be the best in it, but the chances are you probably aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's a fact that the people who are the best in whatever extracurriculars you do are also applying to these colleges. Like yeah. I play football, I did a bit of debate, I do theater, I click photos. The best photographers from our graduating class, the best football players, the best debaters, the best theater artists, they all apply to these top elite universities, right? So you don't want to be sitting there uh, talking your mouth off saying you're like the greatest whatsoever, but then like the greatest person from your extracurricular applies to these colleges. And like if the admissions officer reads their application right before they read your application, you're going to look incredibly stupid. Yeah. You're going to look incredibly stupid because the best person was read just before you, right? So I think it's very important to be humble and be like a good person in your application. Mm. I think uh, admissions officers really value that. Um, I think one of the things that really helped me was I stayed away from talking about how good I was at things. Like I mentioned what I want, but I never spoke about like how difficult it was to win this or how difficult it was to like be part of this team or be a part of this competition or win that competition. I listed my awards, but that was it. Like I never spoke about being the best in whatever I did. 
what I did was I spoke about how much I loved doing what I did. Hmm. Right? And I think that's very important. I think one of the main reasons was that I was able to get into some of the schools that I got into was I tried to be a good person in my application. I, I didn't boast, but at the same time, I put forward whatever I did. And I think that being like subtle is, is very important. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. 100% agree. Yeah. So here is kind of like an interesting question. Uh, I think you might have answered this already. Um, but if you were to put yourself in the admissions officer's shoes who read your application, what do you think was the one deciding factor that said, okay, let's take him in? Okay, so uh, with me getting into Brown, it's a very funny story. Right? I applied early decision. Uh, early deci- I, I hope your viewers yeah. know what early decision is. Have you like mentioned it to them? Yeah. It's like you're early and it's binding and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I applied early decision to Brown because I knew Brown was the school I wanted to go to. And it was like, it, like everything just matched. Like my scores, my profile, my grades, my essays, they all just matched for what I'm sort of looking for. Um, I applied early decision. I was waiting for my results. I worked on other applications, but uh, I think I really wanted to go to Brown. And when the decisions for ED came out, I got deferred. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard if you get deferred to get back into these colleges because they get so many applications and like readmission from the deferral pool is substantially low. Yeah. But what people who get deferred usually do is they either um, they, they, they like give up on the college or like towards the end of Jan, after you finish your regular decision applications, you write this thing called the letter of continued interest, mm-hmm. which basically you write to your admissions officer saying why you like the school, why you think yeah. you'd be perfect for the school. And you basically tell them that after submitting your application, you haven't been slacking off and you've still been like working hard and you really feel like you fit in and you deserve to be there. I was deeply upset when I got deferred, rightly so, like so many kids who get deferred. Yeah. But towards the end of Jan, I sent this really, really personal uh, email to my admissions officer. That, actually, not my admissions officer. I don't know who my admissions officer was, but she's like in charge of the international admissions. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful lady, Panata Hart. And I sent her this long mail, like a really long mail. And I just, I was blatantly honest. I was incredibly blunt. I just put forth what I felt and why I feel, I felt like I really need to be in Brown and Brown's like the school that I really want to be in. And I didn't get a response from her. Right? Mm-hmm. I sent this like 2,500 word mail, right? And I sent the mail, she didn't reply. I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, you know, things happen, you move on in life. I haven't asked her, I've spoken to her since then, but I haven't asked her why I got into Brown. And people do. And if I do, I feel like she's going to tell me that it's my letter of continued interest. Mm. It was my letter of continued interest that I strongly feel got me into Brown. And uh, I think that's that's another thing, right? That, I think that's the beauty of this whole thing. Though it's very subjective, uh, at the end of the day, it's a person who's doing your application. It's not like a MCQ, like yeah. automated. It's like, not like a score thing where you just ranked and then the yeah. top, yeah. So if you can emotionally appeal to the person who's reading your application, I think it's going to set you apart. Right. And um, the fact that I was so blatantly honest and blunt about my feelings and about why I need to be in the school mm-hmm. and the fact that 
I deserve to be here and I listed why. I think that's what got me in the crowd. Yeah. And uh, to answer your question, if I was an admissions officer reading my application, it would definitely be for, you know, the fact that I showed that I really wanted to be here. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a very nice story. Um, so this, like I think you mentioned earlier that you knew Brown was the place for you. Um, so I'm pretty sure you would have done some amount of research on Brown, on like the kind of culture and like the kind of programs they offer and how they meet your needs. So how different do you think like the academic and social culture is than what you did on like what you researched on? Because now you're actually on campus. So how different is like the campus vibe from what you imagined while doing research? Right, right. See, I think there's only so much you can get off the internet. It's very important that when you're doing research, and this was not something I did, but this was something I should have done for the colleges I applied for. It's very important to actually speak with people from the college, who are mm -hmm. current students at the college. Yeah. Because um, I know this, this advice may not apply for everyone, but nine times out of 10, there are probably going to be people from your region or area who have or are studying in these colleges, mm. right? Just reach out to them. Yeah. Reach out to them. Everyone's a nice person, right? They're going to set aside time. No one's going to be... They're not going to do all the just don't feel sick. Just reach out to people and actually talk to them and ask them questions. This was something that I didn't do. I actually had an interview for Brown and the person who interviewed me was from Bombay. And so I was asked, I was able to ask her a lot of questions. And so I was able to get a sort of feel of the college. I think uh, Brown, now that I come here, everyone is super nice. Like you're not going to find people who aren't nice, right? Uh, everyone's doing their own thing. It's not competitive at all. When I say it's not competitive at all, no one's competing with other people. Everyone's competing with themselves. And I don't know how many of your viewers know, but Brown has a very unique curriculum. It's called the open curriculum. Yeah. Don't have general education requirements. So you can take whatever courses you want mm -hmm. from whatever department. And you don't really have to worry about your concentration until like your junior year. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. So, Everyone's doing their own thing and it's fantastic. Like you can walk into a room and you'll find a person taking four courses from like polar opposite departments. Mm. Like it, it's mind blowing. Like yeah. people are studying for the sake of studying. And that was never me in high school. Like I never studied for the sake of learning. For me, education was always in return for something. Like I would study to get marks. I would study to get into college. I would do this to get. But when I come here, I realize that so many people are actually studying things because they have intellectual curiosities that they want to fulfill. And that's really cool. And I, 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 I don't know about you, but NPS and Dhanak was incredibly competitive. Mm -hmm. Brown is competitive, but people are competing with themselves. I love that. Word. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it took me a while to get used to because I was like, wait, no one's asking me how I did in like my exams. <laughs> like no one's asking me what my marks were. And it was weird because I also felt lost because I didn't know how to compare myself within the class or course, because I didn't know where I stood. But then I very quickly realized that that didn't matter. What mattered was how much I'm getting out of the course. What am I learning? You know, how I can apply what I'm learning, you know, day-to-day, -day, in day-to-day life. Right? And I think 
it's sort of changed my relationship with education to a certain extent. I still carry a lot of what NPS did to me. Like, I still sometimes feel like education is for, like, you got to compete. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing well. But yeah, I think it's super cool. Awesome. So um, that was a little bit about the academic culture at Brown. Can you tell us more about like the social life at Brown and just <laughs> generally about the social scene? Right. So I think people in Brown, they like to work hard, but play even harder. Right? Oh, yeah. They're crazy. They're crazy. Like, um, so we have classes from Monday to Friday. We don't have weekend classes. But people start partying by Wednesday. <laughs> like, they start partying from Wednesday and they go all the way to Sunday. And uh-huh. uh, it's crazy. I haven't, so there, so last semester because of COVID, I wasn't aware of like any big parties. But this semester, and I was also a little apprehensive because I didn't know too many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this semester, like there are some huge parties. And like after 11, if from like Thursday to Sunday, like you will find something to do. Like the campus, even during COVID is like rarely quiet. Um, so the way housing works in Brown is you can opt for quiet housing with substances, like without substances, so like substance-free housing. Mm-hmm. Those dorms are like really, really nice. You won't be disturbed. But like otherwise, there's always something happening somewhere and like hear the music, people are partying. And the thing with Brown is, right, it's at such a nice location. It's like three hours from New York. It's from, it's like an art from Boston. Like the beach is like 15 minutes away. Like, there are just so there are like so many like natural like places to like forests yeah. park like so the, like the social scene of Brown is really nice. People are always nice. You just text them. They're ready to do things. You know they make you like feel involved. It's it's really nice. Awesome. So if you, if you like to party, you'll find your people. If mm-hmm. that's not your thing, also you'll find your people. So yeah. Yes. So um, like this goes back again into the application process. So um, I know each person or each student has their own way of approaching their essays, right? Some people better are better off doing it under pressure. Some people get done with the first draft and then do small edits after that. And then like over time. So what was your way of approaching essays? And also just adding to that question before you answer, what do you think Brown is looking for in their ideal applicant? Right. <laughs> this is a very nice question, right? I told you earlier that I knew I was going to apply to colleges in the US and I started off very early. But when I say I started off very early, like I made my college list, I took my standardized tests, I had everything in place, right? But I was incredibly slow with actually starting to write my essays because Mm -hmm. I really wanted it to be perfect. So usually you start like really high achieving students. They start towards the end of 11th or summer of 12th. Uh, My mentor, Gita Mam, she was my counselor. She um, sort of told me to start end of July for my early decision application, (coughs) excuse me. I started by the end of August <laughs> and um, it was very hard for me to get done with my first round. Uh, it was a lot of writing, rewriting, writing, rewriting, counseling, word limits to deal with. I wrote like 2,000 words. I had to bring it down to 1,000 words, 1,000 words. This is my common app. It's 650 words when I applied. I don't know what's the word limit now, but like choosing my prompt, 
like what I did was I wrote my essay and then after I wrote my essay, I chose a prompt with which this essay fit and then I tweaked my essay to sort of completely sync with that prompt. So it, it's a very tough thing to write your essay and because it's 650 words, but you're like trying to capture the essence of who you are as a person and what are the things that, you know, really matter to you. Mm-hmm. Brown was a liberal arts college, right? So I didn't need to appeal to them as to why I wanted to study exactly what I wanted to study. I told them I am this person and these are my qualities and I really want to get into your school. That's the way I approached it. There are people who take polar opposite uh, like approach. They, they, they get very technical. They talk about why they like doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And there, there's no one answer fits all the problems here. Yeah. Right? It's a very, um, that's why they have people to read your essays because it's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. But so I, I started getting done with my first draft by uh, the beginning of October. And then um, October 15th was the Oxford deadline. Oxford, Oxford was my dream school. Then it was Brown. Mm-hmm. I got rejected by Oxford. Oxford. But um, so from October 15th, October 1st to October 15th, I was working on my Oxford stuff. So from October 15th to November 1st to 2nd, which was the deadline for early decision for Brown, I crammed a lot of um, you know writing in. I had all my first drafts before October 1st. But that, like, editing, rewriting, revisiting your essays, that's the most important part. And um, that 15-day gap actually helped me because I let my essays sit and then I came back to it. So that's very important, right? Uh, This is not something that I followed, but I'm still going to preach it. Write your essays, like, well in advance and then leave it, right? Let it sit give it a break and then go back and revisit it, right? Revisit it with a newer perspective. So you'll actually be able to critically analyze what you've written. And then you'll be able to find what doesn't really sound good, what sounds good, how you can change what doesn't sound good to make it sound good and like match it with the prompts and the college and like just keep re, uh, revisiting it and like editing it. And you got to get through like multiple drafts. I was in like draft 10 by the yeah. time I submitted it. Uh, and as for... Brown in particular, this was largely uh, advice about the Common App essay, but for Brown in particular, uh, we had three prompts. Uh, One was why the open curriculum? One was as a student at Brown, how would you help enrich the community and how would you participate in the community? Mm -hmm. And the third one was, tell us about a community which makes you feel at home, right? And um, why the open curriculum is largely a why Brown um, essay and these why college essays are very important right they got to be like heavily backed by facts you need to do your due diligence before you answer these prompts right you need to spend hours and days and weeks just like going through the college website going through like uh, two tools that really help you a uh, college confidential and applying to college on reddit mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends told me about it and they really helped me because these are like uh like a huge database of like free information, right? Yeah. And this information comes from students across the world. So you really get a global perspective of how these colleges like sift through like these large applications. <laughs> so I did a lot of research. I went to these resources. I spoke to my mentor. I spoke to other people at Brown. So I really <clears throat> knew what Brown was all about. Mm-hmm. 
And then I wrote my Y Brown essay, which was the Y Open Curriculum essay. Why, like the, the, the question about like, what would you do to contribute to the Brown's community once you're here? That's sort of a combination of both, right? It's a combination of what Brown's like community is currently and about yourself and how you sort of combine the two together. Yeah. Right? So that also requires a lot of research, but then that needs to be a little personal as well, because you're going to tell them like how you're going to make Brown a better place. Right. And uh, that requires a lot of thinking, but also a bit of research. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third one, which is probably like the most personal one, what is a community you feel at home? That like really requires some introspection and finding out what you want to talk about. Yeah. So this is very valuable advice. Um, and this brings me to my last question. I think you might have already answered it, but if there was one message or one piece of advice that you'd leave, like to leave to current high school students um, applying to the US, what would it be? Right. I think um, at least for the colleges that I applied, uh, like the liberal arts schools, just be a good person on your application. I mm. think that that really makes a difference. Don't try to act like arrogant. Yeah. Don't try to boast. Be subtle, but just be yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because and and I know this is what everyone says: be yourself. Uh, and it's hard because you're trying to be the best version of yourself, and the best version of yourself may not be who you are at the moment. And you're definitely going to extrapolate and exaggerate and do all those kinds of things. But um, I think being a good person and being humble and just being comfortable in your own skin, that shows a level of confidence that these admissions officers aren't used to read, right? Because they get lots of applications where people, you know, are really trying to prove a point and say that they are this, 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 and this. They're trying to like checkbox everything. While it's important that you are a strong applicant and you have checkboxed a lot of these things, uh, be aware of where you stand mm-hmm. and be honest to the ap- admissions officer about who you are and where you stand and that you know where you stand and then appeal to them as to why you would be like a really good fit for their college. I think that's probably what helped me the most. And um, I think it, I, 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 went, I came out of the application process pretty good. So. Yeah, this is definitely very valuable insights. Um, not something that a lot of us have heard before and not something that we're very accustomed to because like you said, we want to project um, what, what all we've done. And like, it's, you feel like, okay, I've done this. And what if I don't mention this, is this going to break my application? Because I think a lot of people don't know what to put on their application. Like if they've done 20 things and you only have 10 slots, they don't necessarily know how to filter those 10. So I think it's, yeah, it's very important to find out who you are as a person. UC application asks you to put 20 things. 20, yeah. You have done 20 things with all your effort and dedication in four years. Like that's it's true. really hard. Right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things for the UC thing. Like if, if you fill all 20 things, they'll know like, because they ask you for the time commitments, right? It right. mathematically doesn't add up for some people. Yeah. I know some people who put stuff and then it doesn't mathematically add up. Like when exactly. do you sleep? Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, so I think one advice that would be valuable is try and figure out what is it that matters to you because it's not that just because someone's in an internship at this company and they got into this university just because you interned there doesn't necessarily mean that if you put that on your application, you're going to get in. So I think it's more important to be genuine and figure out what fits your narrative. 100%. It's all about your narrative. Yeah. Like, I think your grades and your scores only matter to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. That it's yeah. your story. It, it's just like a hurdle where once you pass that hurdle, they look at all the other stuff. It's kind of like a first filter. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good note to end this episode. So thank you so much, Raga, once again, for taking out the time.